there's a lot of things that are circular in people's heads about the future and they're waiting until it's perfect to write something down. We suggest just start to write. When you write, it's amazing what comes out and you start to really paint your desired future self and you picture yourself in the neighborhood of five years and you write about that day when you're living the best version of yourself. And then all of a sudden, everything you do on a daily basis becomes so much more intentional. And it's also great to share it with partners and siblings. And so people know what's important to you and where you're going. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. Today, we're happy to feature Brian Nolan, Managing Partner at Nolan Consulting Group, and Colin Nolan, senior business coach for a discussion on self-leadership development. This concept is about you taking charge of owning your future, learning how and when to create the space for personal growth. It starts with identifying your driving force. Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to go? What is the primary aim? Then building the bridge to that vision with a variety of developmental tools. From jumping into the knowledge and lessons found in books and podcasts, embracing experiences and perspectives around us, taking advantage of opportunities that present themselves, there is so much that exists around us to help build the foundational development of our growth. It's a matter of grasping it and being open to receive. Throughout the conversation, Colin and Brian share parts of their journey of growth and make recommendations for starting yours. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Okay, thank you, Molly. I'm here with Colin Nolan. Uh, uh, yes, who is my son and uh, also now a senior business coach at Nolan Consulting Group. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you. Which which capacity am I hearing today? I'm hearing that as the business coach, right? Yeah, yeah you hear as this. You hear as well. Little, you know what? A little bit of both. We're going to sort of integrate sort of how you got there a little bit, uh, but you are definitely talking from experience as a senior business coach. But it it we do have boundaries, Colin and I. Actually, we we're careful not to talk about business too much when we're together as as a family, which is why he put that in context. Um, but the title of this is Take Charge of Your Leadership Development, that you own your own leadership development. Kyle, you said something really funny to me when we first talked about this. What did you say? Well, so the concept of owning your future uh, is kind of where I took this, right? And, uh, you know, growing up, we would always... uh, read and watch and travel around things related to the civil war. Anyone interested in that time period knows about Colonel Chamberlain and Little Round Top, how he was put in position to defend. He knew what his goals were, but at some point the support stopped coming and he was on his own and he had to figure out what to do. And he took initiative into his own hands and went out and grabbed a victory from the jaws of of defeat through a, a late charge. So, uh, he was out on a limb and we're, we're all, all out on limbs here in life around developing. No one's going to tell us we need to develop more besides ourselves. Right. Um, so that's, that, that's a thought that that first came to mind here. Yeah. It's a great scene. The, the uh, Alabama regiment is charging up the hill over and over and over again. And, uh, 
he, he says, uh, all right, bayonets, uh, we're going to close the door to the to left and uh, swing down on him. And one of his colonels says, charge, sir? You mean charge? Yes, yes, that's right. And he charged. And so we're going to take charge of our leadership uh, development. You know, since I was a little boy, my dad would always say, Brian, I expect great things from you. That, that phrase sort of resonated with me my entire life. I do great things. I'm supposed to do great things. So I've probably always had this um, pebble in my shoe about learning and always learning and always getting better to be able to do great things. Colin, since you were a boy, you've always had this insatiable appetite to learn. Um, insatiable. I mean, anybody who knows Colin needs to understand he's uh, utilitarian and also theoretical. His his ability to learn don't don't get into any by the way quizzo contest with him about state capitals generals because you won't win. Colin, where does that come from from you? I just, I've always had a desire for useless knowledge. <laughs> useless knowledge. I just can't quite understand why. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I, I mean, there's, a, I'm definitely a high theoretical, so I just, I have a, 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 a thirst for just knowledge in general for the sake of learning. Um, I don't know. I, and that, that, that onus was, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, your dad saying, I expect big things of you. I, I think the theme of that was definitely involved in my childhood as well. Um, just almost an expectation that, that things had to be that, that big things were expected. Um, so you, you feel like you need to kind of live up to that expectation at times. Um, I don't know if my theoretical plays into that or not, but it certainly is a part of, of, of my development. You know, where, while I was, I got a lot of academic uh, development through my life, um, I credit a lot of my current leadership awareness to books and Oh, always having books, always reading two or three uh, business books, leadership books. There's no better way to keep learning on a daily basis. Um, Kyle, can you speak to us about the Nolan Consulting Book Club and what that's meant to us and how we go about that? Yeah, I was, I was never a big believer in book clubs. I, I can't say I was ever a part of one. So, you know, you, you always hear about them and you think they're just boring, but um since we've been doing ours at NCG, obviously they've recorded where I, and we, we've released these podcasts, but it's, it's definitely reshaped how I view book clubs. And number one is, is it's a, it's a, it's a curated list, of great books. Um, I, I can always trust that someone at NCG has read something great recently and that's getting added onto the book club list. So that, that does some of the hard work for you, for you right there is, you know, what to read. Um, the book club has a curated list. Second is accountability, right? Um, I mean, we're, we're not strange to accountability here, but I'm sure everyone listening to this has got a stack of books in their mind that they know they have to read, but no one's holding them accountable to reading it, right? So it's, it's on you. So the book club kind of gives you that sense of accountability. The third, and this is probably the one that I didn't expect, one of the takeaways I didn't expect, uh, was the different perspectives, number one, um, of what we've read and how people saw things differently than what I saw. Uh, but the second is 
them pulling things out of the book that I didn't even see to begin with. Um, and you're really you're getting a lot of different people's angles and takes mm. on the same thing that you just read and we're discussing it. Um, so the, that's been the, the, the most beneficial aspect of it is, is hearing, you know, 10 people who I like and respect all giving their input on a book that we all just read. And, you know, the power of, of that also is the takeaways. It's the application. All of us talk about um, how we're going to apply what we just read into our everyday lives and, and into our coaching lives and into our, our family lives. I've got two book clubs going now with my field leadership peer groups. I run two field leader peer groups. And one of them is reading QBQ by Miller, John Miller. That's about accountability. And uh, the other book club is reading Fish. Um, yep, Fish, F-I-S-H by uh, Stephen London. Um, both of those books, I would I would suggest you guys put on your short list. They're both pretty quick reads. That's- and the both very it's not a uh, biopic of, of the band, right? It's not a biopic oh, of the band. It. Uh, it's, it's actually a biopic of uh, Pike's Place Fish House in uh, Seattle and about how to um, bring sort of happiness and engagement and joy into to your workplace. I definitely would, would recommend that. Um, you know, I, I have a whole list of books here. Anybody who wants to talk about books with Colin and I, we, we would love to it. The Nolan Painting organization uh, has a book club going for its job leaders every month. Um, I know uh, the project managers there just read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the best books that really started, in my mind, at least in my era, the self-help, um, self-development uh, trend if you will. Um, they also just finished uh, Good good to Great by Collins. And what they do is in their operations meeting each week, uh, after they go, go through jobs, they break off into these, um, into these breakout groups in Zoom and they talk about applications. And my brother Kevin is using this as sort of his, his mission before he steps out in a few years to make sure that the learning from these books keeps going. For those keeping score at home, I, I do know that the band Fish is spelled P-H-I-S-H. Um, <laughs> I was just making sure that other people knew that. Um, and the way that I view books is very similar to, and really self-development overall, um, is the way that uh, a lot of coaches, you know, athletic coaches view a workout where one great workout doesn't make a great athlete uh, or one great book doesn't make you develop, but they're like jelly beans going into a jar and you make it to make a deposit each day of a great workout, a great book read, a great takeaway. And uh, over time, it, you, you see the progress and it's time to cash in. Um, so that, that's kind of, kind of the visualization the visualization that I like to take to it. And, and, and both of us are, have, have pretty decent egos, right? And I want to use the word ego in a positive sense. Ego is good to the extent that you, you are defining yourself and how you think about yourself. Ego is a bad thing when you compare yourself to someone else all the time. But to develop your own ego uh, is an awesome thing. 
to, to become the best version of, of yourself through all those things you just mentioned, Kyle. Where, where do you recommend that we, we uh, start with this whole idea of, of development, self-development? Where does it begin, Kyle? So great question, Brian. I, I have to really go towards the primary aim here. Uh, would you agree? I, I would definitely agree. All right. So we, we, everyone who knows us and you know, being a part of this uh, coaching company for years and years and years now, we've, we're really all about your overall vision, your company vision, personal life vision. That's where it all starts. So I, I've been helping um, clients crystallize their vision for quite a while now. I, 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 until this past year, I never quite had one for myself, uh, probably because I was too early in my career. To, there's too much uncertainty for me to really get passionate about anything that I, I knew I wanted. Uh, but that, that, that's changed. And I've recently written a primary aim for myself, which I, I knew would be impactful. Um, but the biggest takeaway was similar to the book club, as you know, there's an unexpected benefit is the impact that that initial writing has then had on my life since then. So I wrote this primary aim. I remember it well. It was back when I was living in Scotland this past fall. I was taking a train down to London, I think, to meet my sister who's coming over to visit for a weekend um, or for, for, for a week or so. Um, and I remember writing vision and getting emotional about it. And since then, I've been, I thought about it almost every day because now it's, it, it was something that was attainable. It was motivating, right? It was a smart goal, but it really was uh, specific, motivating, attainable, relevant, and trackable. Um, and it's the first time I've gotten really passionate about a, a desired future state. Um, and it's now impacted my decision-making that I take every day now. Um, thinking about, does this get me closer to this primary aim? Because that is what I ultimately want. That's where I want to be in five years. Does this decision get me closer to that? What do I need to do today to be closer to that primary aim? Um, so that, I never thought that it would impact me to that extent. But I guess that's what makes, that's how you know a primary aim is real and it's a good one. It's if it kind of has that impact on you. Hmm. Boy, you, you know, it is a, it's emotional to be sure. Um, that's great, Kyle. I haven't heard you really describe it that way. Uh, and I think a lot of people hold off doing a primary aim because the future is not clear. And um, so people are waiting I, till it's totally I didn't really clear. know what I, what I wanted too. You know, you have to know enough about yourself to know what you want, I think. You uh, do? I think, I think most people listening to this are at that stage though. Um, I, I think when you're young, you might not know fully what, what you want in life, but I, I, don't, I don't think many people listening on this, listening to this podcast can use that excuse at this point. I, I think not. And I, I think uh, there, there's a lot of things that are circular in, in people's heads about the future and they're waiting until it's perfect to write something down. Uh, we suggest just start to write. When you write, it's amazing what comes out um, and you start to really paint um, your, your, your desired future self and you picture yourself uh, whatever point in the future. We suggest in the neighborhood of five years. Um, and you write about that day when you're living the best version of yourself and 
in that time period. And then all of a sudden, everything you do on a daily basis becomes so much more intentional. Um, and it's also great to share it with partners and, and siblings. And so people know what's important to you and where you're going. Um, and then that then jumps into to the IDP, the Individual Development Plan, which Colin, you've spoke about in, in lots. You know, we're, we're preparing Colin for future leadership of Nolan Consulting Group. And that's a tall order, would you say? <laughs> and so or. having a, a development plan around that makes makes real good sense. So you've been working with Catherine, right? Um, tell us a little bit about your IDP, Ka. Well, the, I, the IDP process, the primary aim is definitely a big part of it in identifying that future state um, and identifying the steps needed. So it's, it's more of, of, a, of a business side, right? Primary aims overall life everything, encompassing everything, right? Um, an IDP is about making a detailed plan, specific plan around what you're going to do between now and then to get you there. Uh, so specifically in the working world, right? So what, what, where do you want to be in the company? Uh, what for the position? What does that mean for your, um, your development from now until then? What has to happen in order for you to be at that level? So if you're going to be overseeing a certain amount of people, at that stage, what kind of development are you going you know, to undergo so that you know that you can lead others? Um, so creating a specific plan and, and doing this for yourself, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a business owner, and I, I don't have a boss, right? Then use your coach. Have, have your coach hold you accountable to an IDP. Mm-hmm. You, it, it helps to have someone who knows you well that's, that's looking at this from an outside angle and going, well, here's where I see some development is needed because you may not see it yourself because you're too close to it, right? Mm -hmm. So having somebody else assess your current state compared to where you want to be and give you that input and then brainstorm with you, all right, great. So what kind of training can we enroll you in, right? In order to get there. So, you you know, years past, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm talking about things like, you know, everyone knows I'm, I'm all about crucial conversations, SL2, those were self-development courses that were pushed for uh, as a result of IDPs knowing where I wanted to go. I wanted to gain more leadership knowledge. Uh, how was I going to do that? I was going to go and take classes that are being offered. Um, so it's about putting a, a plan in action um, and building the ladder to get you to that ultimate peak. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I was lucky enough when I was 27 years old to work for a, a growing corporation where my boss enrolled me in uh, all kinds of workshops around around leadership. Some of the stuff I still bring into my coaching now, 30 years later, um, really, really powerful stuff. So your IDP is really about the uh, conversation first with your boss and about your primary aim, what you want out of life and how can your boss and company help you get that. And then it goes into a three-year vision uh, and then it goes into responsibilities, future responsibilities, training classes you want to take, books you want to read, a 90-day plan. It's about being really intentional. And the message here is that you own it. Yeah, your, your boss doesn't own it. You own it. And um, it's, it's, 
it's one of the most important things you could do with your people is to be having IDP conversations. You, you definitely own it, but I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have other people looking at both your IDP and but also you and your business overall to give you outside perspective. Yeah. Um, and to help you brainstorm. You, you might not know of certain leadership classes that you can take or different books that you can read or different avenues you can go down, right? And it takes an outside perspective um, to kind of push you in the right direction, which is a great segue into our next topic here, Ryan. What topic would that be? Mastermind groups. Yes. Tell us about that, Ka. The mastermind groups are, uh, you know, peer sharing and learning in a safe environment. Um, it's about getting together with other like-minded business owners or even not even business owners, but people that are just like-minded as you, right? So I think this is similar to our peer groups um, that we have, sales and field, field leadership of people that are in a similar place as you um, and you're helping each other get better. You're not coming to take, but you're coming to give. And if everyone comes with that mentality, then everyone will end up taking and giving at the end of the day. So this is an area, Colin, and I have some passion around trying to get more summit members involved in a mastermind group. We've got, um, we've got four really solid mastermind groups. We used to have more, but they, they didn't quite have the uh, glue. We just came back from mastermind retreats where people were vulnerable with each other. They, they shared their goals. They shared their challenges. Um, Colin is going to be uh, doing a uh, webinar on this next week, looking to get more people involved in, in this. Masterminds is not about showing up and learning. It's about showing up, learning and giving and putting yourself out there. And it's about um, the collective minds are stronger and smarter than any one mind. Right. The ultimate, the ultimate motivation for joining a group has got to be to give and trust that through that process, you will then get in return. The number one motivation can't be just to get, because then if everyone's bringing that, that drive, no one's, no, and no one's going to give, right? Um, so it's, it's all about you're, you're showing up for other people, right? There, there's, a, there's a topic being discussed in our mastermind this week. I don't have much interest in, but guess what? I'm still showing up because maybe I can provide some, some content here for other people and share my experience with them, why I'm not that passionate about it. Maybe that's going to lead to a different conversation, right? So it's all, it's all about showing up for each other um, at, the, at the end of the day. And that's, that's kind of the onus of mastermind groups. Good. You know, and other, other things to do to, to uh, self-develop, obviously we have a lot of workshops now on um, crucial conversations, SL2, job, job leadership. You can take advantage of, of those. Visiting other businesses is always really key out there. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm, I just turned 59 years old. Holy cow. And um I am as much, if not more, interested in self-development now than I was when I was your age, Kyle. And um, I think that appetite uh, to continually learn, to never think you've arrived, because I'm, I'm making mistakes all the time, so I'm continuing to learn. Pe people ask me when I'm going to retire, and man, that's a hard, it's a hard one for me, because I feel like 
I've got a purpose. And am I just going to stop having this purpose? I don't think so. So I'm going to be around for a while longer. But I am working myself out of the hourglass by developing other people, encouraging them to develop themselves, take on key roles. Um, Kyle, any final thing you want to say? I, I, I want to actually, I'll say one thing. You, your first interest in Nolan Consulting was probably in 2009 or 2008. You, when you came to lunch with me uh, up in Boston with Michael Traub from uh, Northern Lights Painting. Do you, do you remember that, Kyle? We had an immaculate lunch at Legal Seafoods. And yeah. you were... You were sitting there, and then from that point forward, every time I got off a phone, you'd ask me, who are you talking with, Mike Traub? Was that Traub? <laughs> remember that? I do remember that. I remember the first few times it was a genuine question, and then it just became more fun. It was fun. It was. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but watching your development has been really fun Yeah. as well, Kyle, and your, your insatiable appetite to learning um, certainly keeps me on my toes to be sure. Uh, so the final word here is, uh, instead of getting sort of tossed around by the, by the waves, get intentional, get a primary aim, get a, get a, a development plan and then yeah. work into your calendar items. And get other people involved. I mean, that, that's my big takeaway when looking at this and what, well, you know, I, there's definitely a baseline for me personally of development that I seek but it's, it's being pushed by everyone else in the company yes. um, that kind of gives me that extra effort, right? Um, having that IDP to know where I want to be, having my primary, having the book club, having Catherine, right? So get other people involved. Tell people where you want to go. Uh, ask people for advice. Where can I learn more about this, this or that? Um, we brainstorm some topics here. And you're always going to win with more minds. That's kind of the, at the end of the day. I'm going to, I'm going to end by just, just listing out a few of my favorite books here as well, Kyle. So my, my favorite uh, management book is probably first break all the rules by Marcus Buckingham. Um, the, everybody knows the uh, e-myth by Michael Gerber. That's about systems. That's a must read. Um, Anybody who's a low eye has to read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I never forget when you read that book, you said, now I figured out how to manage mom. <laughs> this is genius. Well, you know, for, you know, as a self-proclaimed uh, low eye, the, the, the concept of that winning friends and influencing people was always something I desired but never knew. I do didn't come naturally. So things like DISC, how to win friends and influence people, crucial conversations, SL2 there, are all about how to how to work with people. And the the farther you go in business, the you know, you, your success is determined by working with people, right? And, and, um, unless you're you're all technician-based, which not many people listening to this probably are. And it's about how well do you work with people. So I I viewed those those courses and books as, as kind of like the secret sauces. How, this is, these are the tools. This is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. Um, so I definitely grav gravitated towards those for sure. And, and it that, definitely helped, helped uh, with, with my mom. That's for sure as well. It did. That's good stuff. Uh, management teams should be 
all reading The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by uh, Patrick Lencioni. Um, people that want to learn more about situational leadership should be reading Leadership and, and The One Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard. Um, everybody should be reading The uh, Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Leaders who want to develop leaders should be reading The Coaching Habit by Michael Stainer. Um, that's an awesome one. Visionaries who are wondering why they're not taking off should read Rocket Fuel by Gina, Gina Wickman uh, to get an integrator on their team. And um, everybody should be reading Fish about just bringing fun into to the workplace because when people have fun, they're more engaged. When they're more engaged, results are, are better. Yes, Colin. I'll add in The Secret by uh, Ken Blanchard and Mark Miller. Probably the favorite book I've read in the last year. The Secret does an amazing job of, of talking about the IDP, doesn't it? The, the IDP and then some. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, oh, for those of you who want to um, interview better, Hiring Talent by Tom Foster. Get better at, at uh, interviewing and that book will definitely help you. Um, and uh, all right, I think that's a wrap, Kyle. I hope uh, hope to be invited to one of your book clubs someday, people listening out there. It's my favorite time of the month, actually. It'll be it, fun. It, it's exciting when it's a book club day. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.